0: I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I have with me Barbie Mills. She is the owner and designer behind the Quilting Mill. She makes beautiful pantograph designs for all your digital pantograph sewing quilting needs. Oh, she's fantastic. So I'm just excited to talk about all things long arming it's so fun to talk to other long armors and just to hear her process behind designing super fun pantographs Ugh, if you know you know but for me long arming is like my most favorite part of the quilting process so I just love this so anyway I'm so excited for you to hear this episode and go check out Barbie's designs if you haven't already she's at the quilting mill so go check her out and let's get into it I see you there without any Not Your Granny's Quilt Show merch yet. So get on over to the shop. It's nygqs.printify.me and go grab some swag today. Hey, just needed to pop in real quick to say the code. Oh my gosh. Okay. You'll hear it at the end of the episode, but I'm going to give it to you now. Barbie was so generous and she's giving our listeners a coupon code to use in her panto shop. So um, she has other things too, like cute T-shirts. And um, anyway, if you use code Amanda, you will get twenty percent off your total purchase in her shop. But if you use code Amanda thirty, you'll get thirty percent off of the purchase of five or more pantographs. Thank you so much, Barbie. Well, welcome to the show today, Barbie. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I was so excited because I, I mean. I don't think it's a secret. I talk about how much I love long arming on here all the time. But so to talk to another long armer is like so fun. Um right? so I love it too. Yeah. So I'm super excited that you're here. But I wanna go to the start. Like, where did you get introduced to quilting and and how did it work its way into your life? Okay. So
1: I grew up in Ohio and I live in Utah now, but um I've been sewing since I was four oh, um, wow. I have a scrapbook with this little Christmas tree that I my mom drew X's on a piece of fabric and I made a Christmas tree when I was four so that was my first project and um, my mom taught me how to do a lot and then I taught myself how to do a lot and when I was in junior high, I would come home from school and she and I would watch Simply Quilts on HGTV mm-hmm. a couple times a week and um we both loved watching it. We thought it was great fun. My mom always wanted to quilt, but her health didn't really allow her to. Mm-hmm. Um well, and priorities, I'm sure, you know, if yeah. cuz we all make choices. Right. Okay. But um that was something she'd always wanted to do and, and never did. And, um, I made my first quilt, um, okay, backing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. She also had a book that was, it was lap quilts by Georgia Bond Steel. I think I have it on the shelf over there, mm. but, um, it had all these different block patterns and in the back it had templates that you could trace and, okay. and cut out and, and make little blocks, and so I started making blocks for fun. I don't know how old I was, but um, I thought it was great. Really enjoyed doing that. Although I did measure the templates and use a rotary cutter because we'd been watching on TV and we saw how much better a rotary cutter was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I made my first quilt as a gift for a youth leader. Um, I think I was seventeen, maybe sixteen.
0: Mm-hmm
1: but when she was moving and she'd been really influential in my life and made her a a sampler quilt with some of those blocks from the book. And, Mm -hmm. um, I tied that one, did the whole envelope thing where Mm -hmm. sew around the edges and turn it right side out. I would never dream of doing that now, (laughs) but, um, that was my first quilt. And then my second quilt a week before I went to college, uh, I was like, mom, I don't like the comforter I bought. I want to make a quilt instead. And she was like, you're crazy, but go for it. And they mm-hmm. did. Wow. So, so I still have that one. I um, don't have the first one because that was given away. Yeah. But uh, then after I got married, I started, I made a couple of baby quilts for people and decided I want to make a quilt for our bed. And mm. Didn't want to tie it like I tied my first two and found some blogs, um, like Franson was the Mm. one that really got me started and uh, learned how to free motion quilt myself. Well, kind of. I read the tutorials and I was like, oh, I can try that. So on this quilt, I stitched in the ditch with the hopping foot. It's awful. It's so bad. (laughs) But... The quilt is still held together all these years later. So, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. So let's see. I have a long story. Um
0: good. I like from it.
1: there. From there, let's see. So I was a teacher. I went to school. Um for family consumer science education. So I took a lot of sewing and clothing construction classes when I was in college and none of them were about quilting, but did a lot of other sewing stuff for a while. Um, Worked in a wedding dress shop for a while. That was really fun. We did custom wedding gowns and Ah. I got to help out with that. And um, so then after, let's see. So after I graduated and I was married, I went, I was teaching and I'd always wanted to be a stay at home mom. So when my second baby was born, um, my husband finally had graduated and had a real job. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, get to stay home. And six months later, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, it's, you know, and it's not terrible, but I needed, it was hard and I needed yeah. something else. And, yeah. um, I, uh, happened to be at Joanne's and they had a, a sign up saying they needed a quilting instructor. And I was like, I can do that. So got a job as the quilting instructor. Wow. Very, very part-time. So it gave me just a little something to do mm-hmm. that stayed done. And while I was there, um, I was introduced to the crochet instructor and she had just bought a long arm. And was selling a grace frame that she had. And she was like, yeah, you put your own sewing machine on it and move that around. And I was like, my mind was blown. I knew (laughs) that long arms existed, but it just seemed like so impossible for anything like that I would never get there myself. So I was like, hey, if I can do this, that would be fantastic. So I bought the frame for her from her for $200 Holy moly. And, <laughs> um, so I used that for a while. I outgrew it really fast, but, um, cause I only had seven inches of throat space. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, like, and now I have a 32 inch Nova. So yeah. <laughs> like, now it's like seven inches is funny. Yeah. But, um, just over time, like I upgraded that and eventually, um, I think it was, So I started my business in 2012 okay. and I had, I still had a small machine, but I I got the the Juki to put on the grace frame rather than my domestic machine. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was 2013 when I got my long arm, I really started my business too early though. I was not very good at what I did. (laughs) I was like, I can meander. That's what people want. Right. And people want more than a meander. Most mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. I've done like five quilts with a meander in 10 years.
0: So yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Rare. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But uh, let's see. So then I moved to a bigger house in 2017 and I had room for a second long arm mm. and thank you mom for uh, funding <laughs> that purchase. <laughs> so I got one with the computer mm. and thought, okay, I can do custom on this and computer on that and eventually the custom just didn't work out because of like we had a bunch of family stuff when my parents passed away and Mm. my sister came to live with us and all this crazy stuff and custom quilting just doesn't work for my brain anymore Mm -hmm. and I am totally okay with that it took a long time to get there though like I for a long time I would look at people's work and feel really bad that I wasn't doing that anymore mm. cuz at a time it was my very favorite and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So, yeah. I can still appreciate the art but I don't feel so sad that I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. So then I started designing pantographs for the computerized machines um in 2021 so going on three years now doing that and turns out I like that part even better than quilting really that's it's really fun yeah Yeah. I love it so I've got over 200 designs in my Etsy shop right now and and it's going well yeah so I really really enjoy that and now I'm teaching a class doing that and that's going well too awesome it's it's been a really fun adventure
0: Yeah. Sounds
1: like it. So I had two more kids during the whole process. So I've got four total and because of all the little people around, I kept my business really small for a long time Mm -hmm. and I was okay with that. And now all my kids are in school and
0: I've got more time to do what I love, which is really fun. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. That's amazing. Yeah. It sounds like such a wild ride, but like, I think when you find what just like sparks you and makes you feel happy and like makes you want to keep going it's like so important to lean into that because like like you I was a teacher
1: oh I didn't realize that
0: yeah yeah I taught elementary for eight years so
1: okay
0: um but yeah in 2021 I quit um it was just just a lot of realizations happening at that moment, lots of therapy and mm-hmm. lots of like, Oh my God, what am I doing with my life? And we had the business cause we had started in about, Ooh, 2018 is when we started, I think. Um, okay. and yeah, it was kind of slow just cause my mom was mostly doing it when I wasn't teaching. I would go over cause I had a, a week off of school every like seven to eight weeks or yeah. Um, and so I'd be over there, but it was just like, not enough. I ran our social media and stuff, but not being there, it was just like hard to feel connected to it. And just mm-hmm. like, the more I worked on it, the more I wanted to be there and not at school and, you know, all these things. But yeah, anyway, so I can relate to that kind yeah. of like just wanting to do something different. And although yours is in, you know, home economic stuff, it's like, it's still a different world being in it a, is. a classroom than running your own business and calling the shots and yeah, <laughs> doing what you want to do. So yeah, it absolutely is.
1: And I still love to teach, mm-hmm. which is a big part of why I'm teaching a pantograph design
0: course now. Yeah. I think that's so smart. And, and you know, what people ask all the time, are you going to go back to teaching? And I'm like, mm, not in the not in the traditional sense, maybe like I'm not, I don't ever see myself stepping back into a school, but Mm -hmm. I definitely have some ideas milling about for wanting to do, you know, kids sewing classes, or I did at our local quilt shop around this time last year, I was teaching long arming classes like teaching people how to use the long arms so that they could come rent them and that was super fun because I long arm all day all the time anyway so yeah on the same kind of machine and um so it was just easy and fun because it's like I've done it so many times I like know all the little ins and outs and anything that they struggled with I could troubleshoot it so fast it like felt really good to be able to do that. Cause I think when you're learning the long arm, it's so intimidating. And so the fact that you ended up with a grace frame and like, I think the concept for people is that you're moving the sewing machine is like such a mind, like twister that they're just like, mm. wait, what? And it's like, you can see the people that struggle with that as they're like learning how the long arm works. And they're just like, well, how is this? I'm like, you move this. So and they're like, oh, that whole thing moves. I'm like, yeah, the sewing, this is the sewing machine. And this is what you're moving you're not moving the material. Like, so that was like fun to kind of help people wrap their minds around and like, watch them get the hang of it. And Mm -hmm. so, but like getting the hang of it can be so tricky and learning all the ins and outs of it and how, how it all goes together. And I, I, I think I've said it before, but I'll say it a million times over because it's true. But when I learned after learning to long arm, I became a better piecer, like just a better all around quilter. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Me too. So like knowing the whole process is like, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So I think when you just make a top, you're like, all right, somebody else finished my quilt. It's like, no, come here. I got something to show you. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah. I don't do a whole lot of piecing anymore, mm. but,
1: um, cause I just, I have so many things that I would rather do and yeah. I do enjoy the piecing, but you mm-hmm. know, other stuff. Um, but I did make a quilt, a new quilt for our bed. Mm. Um, besides the one that I did on my domestic machine with my hopping foot stitching in the ditch. <laughs> um, so I did a, um, A blog hop with friends I don't even remember how many years ago it was now Mm. but maybe eight or ten give or take well my kid is 10 years old it's probably been about 10 years and we used this old book and we all were assigned different blocks and then we took turns Mm -hmm. giving instructions on how to how to make the block from that book and Mm. so I made mine in different sizes and uh, made it ended up doing a, med- a medallion style. So I put mm. like a 36 inch block in the middle and put oh, some stuff wow. around it and added all the borders. And um, I remember when I was putting everything together because I was really meticulous about trimming my half score triangles and everything mm-hmm. and making sure it was all accurate and then I put sashing in everything. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this actually all fits and it's still flat and my borders are the right size. And and it was such a dream to quilt it. It was, it was so great. Mm -hmm. So I did custom quilt that one. So I get to have custom quilting on my bed, which is lovely, but like I said, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard.
0: It's a hard thing. And to be having to stand directly over the machine and be the one, you know, you're drawing, you know, it's, it's your art, Mm -hmm. but it's like you, you're stuck to the machine. Whereas when you're doing digital, you still have to monitor it obviously, but it's a little easier to kind of set it and then you can do other tasks nearby. You're not Mm -hmm. glued to the machine the entire time. And that's my mom and I, you know, when we were, planning on getting our machine and kind of what our business would be and all those things. It was like, yeah, we want the computer. We want the biggest frame we can get. We want the biggest machine we can get because we're not interested and we'll do custom if we need, you know, if a, a client specifically requests it. And we've had a few, it's just harder on a bigger machine. So it's like you sacrifice a little bit there, but it's yeah. still doable and you can still do digitize a bunch of things to custom quilt, and that's that's how we do it if people people request custom we we do it with digital motifs and patterns but um yeah it's definitely it's beautiful and I am just like I'm like you I just want to look at people's custom jobs all the time because they're just Mm -hmm. so cool it's just so cool and to like watch people just like whip out feathers and like do their thing I'm just like I don't I'm like, my feathers look like literal lumps of poop. So I don't know (laughs) what.
1: Feathers take a lot of practice. I remember when I was learning how to do feathers, I made a twin size trip around the world quilt Mm -hmm. and I quilted the entire thing in feathers. I was like, this is my feather practice quilt. Wow. I'm going to figure out how to do feathers by the end of this quilt. and it took the whole quilt to get really good at it. Yeah.
0: I can imagine it's just it's it's a skill you have to hone but like you also have to have the time and the patience to do it and I'm just like nope, I want to load a quilt. I want to pick a beautiful digital design that I know is going to give that quilt some personality and mm-hmm. and go and yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you. It's just it's beautiful but there's other things to be done,
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, but, yeah. and now, as
1: my kids are getting older and I'm realizing, oh, they actually still need me, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot different than when they would come ask me for a drink, even though Dad was upstairs in the living room, you're like, go ask your dad, <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. but they still need me. and yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful for the flexibility that I can be around to help them when they need, when they need me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is nice to have that. And I think fortunately for me, like our boys went to my school, so I did get to see them quite a bit, but, Oh, that's so nice while they were in school, but our youngest just graduated this last year and or yeah, just in May. And so he was didn't he like he hit 16 got a car and we never saw him you know so mm, but it was like yeah. when he'd come home and need to talk or just like need stuff it's like yeah that flexibility of being able to like be around for him when he needed that is like so important and yeah growing up with like a stay-at-home mom like she was always around so it was just like that was ingrained in me to be an important piece of like make sure you're there for your kids and yeah me too. you know so when you can do that it's feels like a gift in in our society
1: <laughs> it really does yeah it's especially with like housing costs and everything it's, yeah yeah I'm assuming they're pretty crazy in Boise like they are in Utah
0: yeah it's gotten pretty bad yeah. like Boise used to be super affordable and now it's like it's not anymore it's really sad because I think it was It was a great place for people to come start raising a family on a budget. And, you know, if they were looking for somewhere that was nice and safe and clean, but also affordable, it's Mm -hmm. like, this isn't the spot anymore. And it just makes me so sad. I've lived here my whole life. And just to watch people not be able to afford to live in the place where they've lived their entire lives is just, it's a sight. It's, I don't like it, but I know I do know our mayor is working really hard to increase the amount of low income based housing and just like opportunities for families and just young people to be able to live in our town and continue to live and work here. So it's interesting that anyway,
1: that's really important.
0: Yeah. And I think even though I don't know. I just, it, it also makes me really aware of the privilege I have to be able to do this, to do what I do, to have a business, to be self-employed, to have a podcast. You know, it's like I have a degree and I could go use it. I probably, you know, by all accounts should be using it, but it just, it's not for me, you know, it's not the right thing. And there's just sacrifices that need to be made, Mm -hmm. but it's well worth it in the end. I think if, if your family, if your kids get to be raised, seeing their mom do something that sparks joy and brings fulfillment and like you're creating your, your, you, we all create our life experience. And so to see you doing that, I think is an important thing for kids to see. Like,
1: yeah, I agree. And that makes me so happy. That I get to do that. Yeah. And you use the word privilege. It absolutely is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been for um, well, like my mom helping me buy my second long arm. Actually, my first long arm was a result of uh I was able to get that when I got um some inheritance money as mm-hmm. well. So like I'm yeah. I cannot deny that that's been such a privilege for me and I'm really grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think being able to acknowledge it and then, and then, you know, be a voice of positivity and love and kindness out there is like really important too. Mm -hmm. You have to use your, use our position wisely. And I think, For me, I strive to do that here and in our business, you know, with our, with integrity. And I know it's important to my mom too. So it's like, that helps that I know I can always trust that like between the two of us, we're never going to let anything go out the door that we're not happy with a hundred percent or that we haven't put every ounce of our best effort into. And we're going to treat everybody that comes to us with the same level of respect as anybody else and level of honesty I think that's that's like in business a tricky thing for especially women we feel like we have to like well I don't know about you but like there's a people pleasing tendency to like yeah say yes to everybody and oh if I reject this then I'm you know I'm gonna fail or the business is gonna like I'm missing out on money but being just being honest with people and having knowing what your boundaries are so that you can protect yourself in your business Mm -hmm. while also giving people an opportunity if you can't help them to go find someone else instead of wasting their time because it's not just a waste of your own time it's a waste of that person's time too if if you're trying to do something that you can't really give them and so and maybe that was something you know that you grappled with with you know discontinuing your custom quilting but I think it that, absolutely was yeah that realistic kind of look, hard look at yourself in the mirror of like can I actually do this and not just like self-doubt but like a real inventory of what you've got going on and yeah that can be hard and I think that was for me with teaching it was a huge identity crisis and still as I'm still talking about it in therapy like it's been you know, almost four years. And I'm like, or I guess three and I'm still like, oh man, that was a lot of my life that I spent trying to be this thing that I just was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah.
1: So I'm actually subbing just a very little bit, mm -hmm. um, probably a little bit more than I want to, honestly. But, um, one of my coworkers from the junior high I was teaching at is now teaching at my kids' junior high mm. And when my oldest was in seventh grade, she was like, "Please come back and sub just just for us, just for the two fax teachers here." And I was like, "Oh, I could actually do that because my youngest was in full day kindergarten that year. Mm. So so I've been doing that a little bit, and some days I like it and other days I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's also a really tough school and they have a hard time getting subs. Mm. And so, yeah. So, yeah, I've got mixed feelings about it, but I really like that I'm able to help the teachers and yeah. like, I have a skill set. like they can, they can do cooking labs and they can do sewing when I'm there and I know how to help them right. and yeah. And that's, that's a nice thing, but yeah. there are other days that I'm like, oh,
0: this is hard. And I just want to stay home. And so <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I can imagine, I know I yeah. thought about it, like, oh, I could go back and sub. And I was like, you know what? No, I really don't want to. And I'm just like, yeah, it's hard. It's like, once you start your own thing, it's like, that's your focus. And yeah, I mean, I can understand having that relationship and just being able to say, okay, I'm only going to sub in the school for these teachers. Like that's a nice flexibility to have. Cause then you can, mm-hmm. just, you don't have to say yes to anything else, but yeah. yeah. And that's probably such and a, like only if they
1: ask ahead of time, I don't do any of the last minute. Oh, I'm sick, mm-hmm. which, you know, they need that too, but right. I'm, I like to plan ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, and you have a business. It's not like you can just yep. leave your day willy-nilly and say, oh yeah, the subbing is my priority. Like, right. so you know, it's good that again, boundaries, right? Like I can help <laughs> you in this capacity, <laughs> Yeah, but it's hard to tell people, no, it's hard to say, I can't do that for you. And yeah. Especially so- when they need it mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. So, I guess yeah, like when you got into digital design, was there something that like did something happen that made you think I can just make my own or were you just kind of like, yeah, I guess how did you get into it? <laughs> so, um
1: there was this one design um it was I think it was good vibrations from urban elements. It's just the wavy mm-hmm. line. And I was playing around with that one with the layout. And like, what if I do a 50% offset Mm -hmm. and what if I overlap it and like, oh, that looks really cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, that eventually turned into what is now my double Dutch design, Mm -hmm. which is an extended width pattern. Mm. Um, so you don't have to worry about getting it set up just exactly right. It's just it's extended width and you plug and play, and there it goes. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is such a cool thing. I want to be able to sell this to other people. And um, around the time that I'd figured that out was when Pro Stitcher Designer came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'd, I'd started looking into it. And at the time, Art and Stitch was the only program available. And that one's pretty expensive. It's like $1,500. And at the time that was like, that wasn't accessible for me. Mm -hmm. And um, so living here in Utah, Northern Utah, actually, I'm really close to Handy Quilter. Now I'm not a Handy Quilter user. I have a Nova's, but um, I have a lot of friends in my local guilds that either do work for Handy Quilter or have worked for Handy Quilter. So I found out about the software and uh, just jumped right in because it was less than half the price at, well, at the time, I'm not sure current prices, but it was less than half the price of Art & Stitch. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm gonna try this. and just never looked back. It's been so fun. Yeah. And there was certainly a huge learning curve. Like I, um, since the Panto shop opened, uh, thepantoshop.com, mm-hmm. uh, I'm selling with them. And I've been going backwards through all my designs to make a information PDF to say mm-hmm. like, this is how you set it up and recommended sizes and all that. And while I've been doing that, I've been, checking to make sure my older designs are continuous and smooth and everything and I'm like wow you've learned so much since I did that let's (laughs) let's fix this here and yeah I've really come a long way and uh it's just it's been kind of fun so um I did a 100 day project so uh in 2022 was that Phoenix when QuiltCon was in Phoenix? I think it was. Um, so so that was my first QuiltCon and I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, I went with a couple of friends and we stayed in an Airbnb Mm. and, um, they went to a lecture. I happened to be in a class at the time, the one class I took, but, um, I don't remember who the speaker was. Um, but they went to a lecture and it was about doing a 100 day project and they they came back so inspired and they told me all about it and like, it was so cool. And this is what she did. And I want to do this. And I thought, I want to do a 100 day project yeah and I want it to be designing pantographs. So my goal was, I just had a notebook and I was like, I'm going to draw one every day. Actually, it was an old planner. Mm-hmm. Well, not old. It was a planner that I wasn't <laughs> using. <laughs> so on every day, I would just draw a pantograph. And the ones I drew then, because I was still pretty, I'd been doing it for six months or so at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And curves are really hard. Yeah. Well, they were really hard for me when I first started. Mm-hmm. I'm much more competent with them now. But I would draw something, and it might have been outside my skill set. It, um. Or maybe it was ugly, but my goal was to draw at least one a day. Mm -hmm. And some days I drew a lot more than one. Like if I was subbing and Mm -hmm. they're like, it's like, do this assignment or watch this movie. And basically I just had to be a warm body in a chair. Right. Uh, Some days I would just draw during my downtime in between giving kids instructions. So at the end of the 100 days, I had... I want to say it was 476. Oh, my word. So it was so amazing for my brain to go through this exercise and realize. Cause at first I thought I'm going to run out of ideas in a couple months.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I've realized that the more ideas you have, the more ideas you have. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like a river and the more you take out, it just keeps flowing and there's more, there's more to take Yeah, and uh, you can really train your brain to be creative and to come up with ideas and to look at things in a different way. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just been so fun. And yeah. like, I take pictures of inspiration everywhere. I'm like, pause the TV. I got to take a picture of that. And <laughs> yeah. All kinds of stuff, but I just love it. And when I sit down to design and I might start out with a certain thing in mind and then it kind of morphs into something
0: else. And yeah, it's, it's just so fun. Yeah. I just love it. That's amazing. And like, speaks so much to curiosity. Like, I think a lot of people get scared of what they have. And so I know for a while, like I just would stick to like, setting up pantographs exactly how I knew how and like not really venture into anything different. And like we took a class last summer, um, to just learn the updated version of our software better. And I just came away from it. Like, oh my gosh, I like, I preached to my would preach to my students, you know, you gotta just try stuff. You gotta just try. And, you know, I came out of a master's degree in educational technology. And it's like, the whole thing is to just like, I mean, excuse my French, but fuck around and find out, like, <laughs> just like try stuff. There's no harm mm-hmm. in just trying. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from is like just pushing buttons and seeing what things do. And maybe not on a client, yes. quote, but like, right. Giving yeah. yourself the space and time and you know, just throw some random scraps on the, on the frame and see what you can come up with. And
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: there were that same summer, there was a quilt that needed or the client wanted custom quilting. And there was a spot on it that I just couldn't find a motif for that. And she's like, I want it to look exactly like this. And she had it a design in mind. And so I digitized it and I made it happen. And I was like oh look at me like it's just a block but it still was like so empowering to Mm -hmm. be like okay I have the basics mastered like just try some stuff and yeah it is it is time consuming because you have to know how to set everything up and you're right curves are so hard to get them smooth and like connecting properly and ugh but you know handy dandy computers and digitizing tools and all the stuff they can help you smooth everything out and mm-hmm. whatever. But that I think as creatives, whatever your creative business is, curiosity is so important and just yeah. not being afraid to just get out there and try stuff. And yeah, hopefully with some information and some, right. <laughs> you know, be, make informed decisions, but be a risk taker in that way of like okay, I have, I have some information. I maybe don't know everything, but I have enough to get started and to try things. And yeah. Yeah. And to not be afraid to fail.
1: Yeah. Like, or to just have bad ideas. Mm -hmm. Like some of the drawings that I did during my 100 day challenge were so ugly like I had one that looked like toes. That was not what I was going for, but it looked like toes. And I yeah. was like, hmm, that's never going to make it into my shop. Right. And, you know, weird stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, you got to take those risks. Like exactly. Miss Frizzle says, like, I can't remember the exact, like, get messy, make mistakes and, yeah.
0: and learn from them and get better. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. And. You'll never know what you can do if you don't ever let yourself try. So mm-hmm. just being willing, yeah, that that willingness. I had a professor who would always say, your willingness to appear foolish in this class is going to be where you find success. And I was oh. like, shit, that's good. <laughs> I was like writing it down yeah. in my notebook. like Because yeah. it is, it's I'm true. I'm going to need it's, to write that one down. Yeah, like what holds us back is, is what we perceive other people perceive about us. And so that fear of failure is so strong in in so many people that they just never get out of their comfort zone. And I'm guilty of it so often and I just have to keep reminding myself, like, no, you gotta get uncomfortable or this isn't going to go anywhere. And the times where you know I've pushed through my discomfort to drag my mom through hers with me. (laughs) Like we've found success and you know same thing with the podcast yeah. I was like ah, and who wants to listen to me like and now here we are like this is a great yeah great thing that you know I mean it's great for me I enjoy it so yeah that's awesome. Anyway, it's it's I think it's great to see like so many people getting out there and doing it and then showing it to other people because I think that kind of shameful feeling or like embarrassment, it thrives in the dark. And so when, when we can see each other trying and failing and trying again and be transparent about those things, then I think it just, it makes more space for people to, to take chances and, and try things. And yeah, I don't know. It's what life is all about, I guess, to me, like if you always stay in your comfort zone, you're never going to get to experience the best things that are out there for you.
1: That is so true. Yeah. You know, I, I really like my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really do, mm-hmm. but so many of the best experiences I've had have been outside of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it takes
0: a lot of courage yeah. to make that leap sometimes. Yeah, it for sure does. Well, I'm just like, oh, I just get inspired by your designs too. Like I, they resonate thank with you. me. I really like them. They're just like so clean and beautiful. And thank you. Yeah. It's like fun to see all the new ones pop up and get to, I don't know. I'm Thanks. like, I wish I could buy them all because who wouldn't want to, but you know, budgets. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. They are a real thing. That's true. Yeah. That's so fun. And so you do, you do long arming for people you do. Do you do mail in or just local?
1: I do both. Um, most of my clients are local. Um, Mm -hmm. and I still don't do a ton. I really, I really need to do more because I've got two machines. I could, I could technically run a lot of quilts. Yeah. So I really need to make more of an effort to get more clients. So any listeners, if you're looking for a long armor that isn't Amanda, because, you know, if Amanda quilts for you, stay with her because she's awesome.
0: But We can share. You know. It's all good. There's plenty to go yeah. around.
1: <laughs> right there. I love that quote, um, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. Like it is amazing how big this industry is. Mm hmm and that there's still room for more yeah and it just it's just still growing and it's great yeah yeah
0: it is fantastic and you're right it's like if we lift each other up then it just it just only benefits everybody involved because yes if we're spending time tearing each other down then it just like what kind of message are we sending that like this is some cutthroat industry where nobody cares about each other and we're all just vying for you know A monopoly. It's like no, there's plenty to go around, and like it's it is art, and so there's a weird balance of like business, but also honoring like energies and like relationships. Mm -hmm. And I always talk about this too. Like if you find a long armor that you could have a good relationship with, then like stick with that person because not all energies vibe, and not everybody has the same vision. But if you find your person, then I mean keep them you know it's Mm -hmm. because that relationship is the I think to me the most important part because they might person might be a great long armor and they might do great work but if if your personalities don't meld or if you can't see eye to eye on how things should be done like it's just going to be a struggle no matter what Mm -hmm. and so just I've had a number of my clients graduate into
1: owning their own long arms mm -hmm. which has been fun to see like part of me is like, oh, a little bit sad, mm-hmm. but but super excited and happy for them too. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's been fun to see that. But uh, another fun part of long arming for me is um, because quite a few of my clients, well, several, um, are local guild members mm-hmm. uh, from the Salt Lake Modern Quilt Guild. And they almost always pick my designs which is just so much fun. I it just means so much to me when my friends pick my designs to go on their quilts yeah. and and not just because they're my friends, but because they
0: legitimately want that design on their quilt. It just it's so validating. Yeah. It's really sure. fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and just to see people using what you've created, it's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. I did that." <laughs> Yeah, when
1: um when I was at QuiltCon in this year, in 2023, mm-hmm. um, I was walking through the quilt show and I walked around a corner and I saw this quilt that had one of my pantographs on it and I didn't know it was going to be in the show mm-hmm. and I just was overcome with all the good feelings. <laughs> it yeah, was, it was amazing and. Uh, just to see that in real life, like in a completely unexpected location, and um, yeah. similar things have happened a couple times since, like at more local shows. But like, oh, that has my pantograph on it, and then I see, oh, my friend Lacey quilted that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been really fun too. Yeah. But like
0: to see it at QuiltCon was just like, ah! I was so excited yeah was oh great. my gosh oh <laughs> my gosh I know I'm just like we're we're going to Raleigh and I'm so excited so I mean I cannot we'll wait I know yeah. I'm just like yeah. so giddy the closer it gets the more I'm like oh my gosh um yes because I'm just so excited to like meet everybody in person and like mm-hmm. hug everyone because I'm just like this has yeah. been so fun and to like for so many of for so many of us to get to be in one place together, like, mm-hmm. like doing the thing that we love to do and talking about it and listening about it and learning more about It's like, Oh, I'm just so excited.
1: Yeah. It's gonna yeah. Be so Yeah. Like I said, Phoenix was my first time mm-hmm. and unless like there's some major family something or other going on, I'm not going to miss Quilt Con again because it's just so good for my soul. So yeah, yeah it's wonderful.
0: Ooh, I'm really looking so forward excited. to it. Yeah. We're like double whammy tripping it because my my younger brother and his wife live just a few hours away. So we're going to go tack oh, nice. a trip to see them on to the end of Quilt Con and then that's great. You get to go spend some time with them and their puppies and fun. Um, yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. We're like, wait, so we nice. can go see Ben and Gates. <laughs> yeah. So it's it'll be fun. And like, yeah, yeah, I'm so excited. I got a bunch of stickers and like ready to hand those out. I'm like, I hope I got enough, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
1: I love, love the stickers. That that's a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten mine yet for this year. So I need to get on that. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. How fun? Well, gosh, I'm just like like I said, I just get so inspired by your designs and I love them. I wish I could have them all. I think one day I will, hopefully. But um for now, let's share with listeners where they can get to you. Okay. So,
1: um currently, um I sell all my designs in my Etsy shop called The Quilting Mill. Um, You can find me on Instagram at The Quilting Mill. And um, more and more of my designs are showing up in The Panto Shop. And I'm hoping that they will be available with some other um, of the Pantograph distributors by the time that this episode airs. Okay. So um maybe I'll be able to say hey you can put this in the show notes that they're also available here yeah Uh, yeah so I will let you know if that happens okay but um yeah I think I was like is there something else to say yeah that was it (laughs) okay yeah basically Etsy and Instagram um I do have a Facebook page
0: I'm a little bit less active in the Facebook page but yeah okay cool well yeah we'll put those links in the show notes and then yeah if you have any more for us to add before this comes out then we'll put those in there too just to make sure okay. people can get to you wherever they want to get to you from and yeah besides that we'll just keep an eye out on all your designs and hopefully um you know acquire a few between now and seeing you at QuiltCon because that's going to be so yeah. fun That'll be so fun. I can't wait to meet you in person. I know. Me too. So,
1: so do you want a coupon code for your listeners? I have some cute Amazing. t-shirts too. Yeah, of course. Okay. Let's just say Amanda. Okay. Let's have that be our code. Please code Amanda.
0: And Yay. that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fun. I love talking long arming, so this has been thank you so much for having me it's been an
1: honor and really fun yeah thanks so much